Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. We are going deep into the archives and bringing back one of the most popular guests that we've had since this show began a little over two years ago. Rob from The Grounded Athlete has been making complete waves in the health space these last couple of years with the amount and the quality of the content that he puts out surrounding the concept of grounding. Now, a lot of people think that grounding is something that it sounds really hippy-dippy and a little out there. And what Rob does is make it very palatable, but also brings the real-life data to you to show you how beneficial this can be. Now, what ended up happening in this episode is we had some technical issues at the end of our recording time, which I might leave in a little clip to show you our, our hilarious laugh and frustration at the situation. Uh, but what we decided to do was actually do another recording that we're going to turn into a part two that's going to come out next week. So while this episode seems like it kind of stops in the middle of a conversation uh, that's because it did and we were trying to be canceled we the NSA is trying to shut us down uh, the government's coming after us the bug men want us to not be healthy and eat the bugs and live in the caves but we will not do that and you will have a part two of our conversation that's going to be another hour plus coming out next week so please enjoy this episode with Rob we get to touch a lot of really important corners in the grounding conversation and expand on some of the things that we ended with last time so if you have not heard the first podcast that we did with rob it's in the it's in the first 10 episodes and i would encourage you to go back and listen to that because he lays a lot of the foundation for what we expand on in this episode in that episode so without further ado here is the grounded athlete rob himself on the nomad strength show All right, welcome back, ladies and mostly gents that listen to this. We have a hand. We have a we have a small percentage of lady listeners, but it's mostly the dudes that rock this one. So uh, we've got we've got my buddy Rob from the Grounded Athlete making his reappearance 
on the pod. He was one of the original five episodes done a little over two years ago now, which is crazy. It's been this will be actually this will be episode 205. So it'll be 200 episodes exactly since you showed up the first time. And since then, it's been a wild couple of years for both of us. And then specifically what we're going to talk a lot about is what you've been doing with your business and with your content and with your marketing, which is like literally my I've told I've told so many people to follow you just because of your Instagram stories alone that it's it's my favorite thing on the on social media right now. But first of all, like, welcome back, man. Good to catch up. How things been going? Been going great, man. It's been uh, yeah, two years, dude. Yes, yeah. it goes by quick. Um, yeah. and we've we both been doing a lot in the meantime yeah man uh it's it's been good though man it's been super busy there have been so many new things going on since since last we talked and um, i'm super excited about them you've you've gotten some hints at them on social media but um there's a lot to talk about so uh i'm super excited for this podcast yeah me too man and i want to kind of do a i i I told you before we don't want to do a whole like 101 class into grounding because that was what our entire first episode was. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back all the way back. You're going to have to scroll for a long time to get back to it and go find episode five and listen to it because that really does lay a lot of foundational stuff into the grounding conversation, which is everything that you do uh, from your research to your business to your products that you make. I mean, it's all based in the concept of grounding. So I don't want to spend a ton of time doing like a whole one-on-one class, but can you give me like a couple of minutes on just what it is that, or what it brought you to wanting to really hone and focus on bringing this into the people's perspectives? Right. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh, let's answer the most basic question here. What is grounding? Yes. It's being in electrical contact with the earth. You don't got to be in direct contact with the earth for that to ha- happen. As long as you're in direct electrical contact with the earth, you are grounded. So that can be done footwear, mats, sheets, all those all those different ways. Um, so yeah, what got me into grounding is it's something that's extremely overlooked. Uh, people don't consider the electrical aspects of our body. And um, it's something I stumbled upon five years ago and it's changed my life ever since. And so I made it my mission to tell other people about it, about the, the healing benefits of grounding. and. You know, I've, I've that's manifested in many different ways through videos, yeah. through articles, and eventually we'll have a book out, and we've got a few grounding products out there as well. And as far as the products go, the sandals, the guy sandals that you make, that you literally hand make every single pair, yeah, uh, gets ordered, you know, made to order stuff. They are as legit of a footwear as I've ever had in my life. And I actually just messaged you like a couple weeks ago. I run them hard, dude. Like I put those <laughs> things through like, and I, and I've had them for over a, like about a year and a half or so. And just last week, finally, the little strap just frayed enough on the bottom where I'm like, okay, time for a new pair. But I run those things into the ground, man. And they help, they hold up awesome. And they're like, they're killer dude. So I want to go, let's actually just start there. So when we're talking about, being electrically grounded you mentioned that you don't have to be in direct contact with the earth to do so there's products that allow you to absorb that electrical current that that we are really you know for the correct term insulated from in so many ways uh just by the regular footwear the the 
you know, pavement and cement and all these other products that were around all day long. So what is the, the technological thing happening with the sandal specifically that allows you to stay grounded? Just so people like know what, why is this actually happening and what makes them worth it? So the simple answer to that is they're conductive. And so let's, let's talk about, you know, conductors, insulators, maybe semiconductors. So what essentially what semi, what insulators and conductors are, these, uh, these substances made up of atoms and whether these, uh, these materials can hold on to their electrons tightly or loosely, that's what, that's what defines them as a conductor or insulator. So conductors, their, their electrons can move around a lot easier and that makes electrical energy able to flow through them a lot, a lot more easy. Uh, insulators, they hold on to their electrons really tight. So it's, it's hard for electrons to pass through them. Mm -hmm. So if you got a conductor like copper or silver, which are in the sandals, uh, you're, you can, you can take in that, that electrical energy from the earth and you'll have some charge transfer happening. Um, if you're in rubber, it's insulating. It's not going to let that, that charge transfer happen. Uh, semiconductors right in the middle, but you can influence semiconductors and uh, that's actually a big part of the book is how your body has this whole semiconductive infrastructure. But uh, that's the general gist of it. As long as you're in, you know, this is a big question I get a lot is how do I know if I'm grounded? How do I know if I'm yeah. insulated? It all comes down to uh, knowing knowing the difference between conductors and insulators. If you're yeah. on a conductive surface, so let's, let's say uh, we're on concrete. Am I grounded on concrete? Yeah. Concrete is made up of mostly mineral and water. So electricity yep. can pass through it, especially if it's wet. So if you can distinguish between a conductor and an insulator, you'll know if you're grounded or not. And there's a lot of, and, and, and being able to make that distinction, I mean, this sounds like it's super in-depth, and it is once you actually go down the rabbit hole, but there's also a very easy way to make this applicable to most people's lives where they don't have to have the level of research that you've put into it to be able to know, like, what do I need to do day to day? Because I think that's probably where you put out such research dense material, which is amazing. And I think it maybe is a lot of people are like, holy cow, I'm drinking from a fire hose. Where do I even start? Like they just ask, like, can I walk on pavement? Like there's those kind of questions. But having that like basic understanding of what what insulates, what conducts, what semiconducts, like that will answer probably 90 percent of the questions that people have, I would imagine. Right. Yes. Yep. Yep. And you know the, the 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 density of the information that I put out, it's uh, it can be tough at times. Yeah. But that's it's also it's really important to have that stuff because yes. in this day and age, people want data. They yep. want things that are very much gr grounded in science. Uh, no pun. Uh, yes. So things that are very much based in biochemistry and physics. How does this work exactly? What are the mechanisms involved? And there are a lot of intricacies involved with that. And so that's been a big. Part of my mission is is delving into those intricacies and telling people about it, teaching people about it. But uh, um, it's also very accessible. We can we can we can simplify this stuff in a way that people can understand it, and in a way that they can spread it to other people. Because ultimately, that's the whole mission here: is we want to spread awareness for grounding. And making it accessible is always it, it's always an interesting path to go down because you, you see how people choose to do that and where you have your background not only in the research part of this but in your family and your heritage part of this like that I remember last time we talked a lot about kind of bringing a lot of that full circle back to where you're like oh 
all of this stuff that I grew up around all of a sudden makes sense scientifically, where it was just like we, we did that and we understood what it meant because we lived it. And then we separated from this like inherent knowledge that we get passed down and is culturally shared. And then we come back around and we're like, well, where's the numbers? Right. So now like you're kind of bridging that gap. You're like, look, all this stuff that we just understood forever and generations and generations, like I'll, I'll show you the numbers so you know it makes sense. But we knew this a long time ago. Science, <laughs> science is just kind of catching up to age old wisdom. Exactly. So now we're just starting to get the numbers. Exactly. So. You need those people that need the, the actual things to read. to make, And I get mm-hmm. that. I mean, that, like that makes sense. And that's where a lot of this stuff can be beneficial. So where I want to go uh, from here is kind of jump forward from where we where we kind of left off because like I said we did a huge intro in why this is important and what it means so go back and listen because we're not gonna we're gonna kind of breeze past that but there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get a chance to really dive down a lot of stuff is going into the book that you said you're working on and I know that there was a few things specifically that you wanted to make sure we hit on so right away like where are some of these things that we we need to touch on that we missed from the first time so you know it's when you're when you're on the internet, when you're on Twitter, when you're on Instagram, you'll, especially if you're in our space, kind of that esoteric kind of yeah. health space, you'll you'll eventually stumble upon these little graphics or whatever, and it's usually kind of the same things. It's the red blood cells kind of spreading apart from each other, or um, HRV, or something to do with bagel tone, and these are all really cool. They're really nice individual kind of manifestations of grounding, but uh, you gotta you gotta see it from the bigger picture in a big mm-hmm. Part of the book when writing it is I was I was trying to get people the bigger picture of what's actually happening when you ground and all these little manifestations of when you're electrically connected to the earth your your HRV improves your red blood cell potential improves your vagal tone improves your immune system improves these are all really cool but they're just small manifestations of this of this charge transfer that's going on between your the earth and your body and uh, so the book, um, the book talks about all how grounding affects all the different systems of your body, the cardiovascular system, the nervous system, the immune system. Um, and then there's another part of the book that I go into water because water is a very much misunderstood uh, molecule and especially how it interacts with other water, water molecules. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's something so ubiquitous that we just kind of overlook it. It's just kind of like it's kind of like grounding. It's kind of like yeah. just being barefoot on the earth. These two very ubiquitous elements are just—they're not fully understood yet. We're just now fully get, beginning to fully understand the healing benefits of grounding and how that affects the water in our bodies. But um, yeah, we did we did cover a lot of those those basics in in our first podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so to kind of brush over some of that that intro stuff, so. The, the earth is negatively charged, um, yeah. and that's due to the, the global electrical circuit, which is, you know, uh, solar, solar winds, ionospheric winds, um, thunderstorms, they, they contribute to the earth's negative surface charge. You got radioactive decay underneath the, the earth's crust that contribute to the earth, earth's surface charge. And so uh, we've, we've evolved to be in contact with this surface charge, and we're meant to be grounded 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, so... I guess where we can go from here is uh, what's what's the biggest thing plaguing society? What's the biggest thing plaguing humanity these days? And that's chronic disease. It's yeah. chronic, non-communicable communicable disease. That's the number one killer of people worldwide, uh, particularly cardiovascular disease. Yeah. And you know, 
when you're when you're trying to solve these things, when you're trying to figure out, you know, how can how can we cure these things? How can we get to the root of it? You have to find these these universal these universal regulating factors within these processes and within these pathologies. So a big thing in, in chronic disease and, and, and uh, non-communicable disease is inflammation mm. and oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'll try not to get like too technical with it, but um, grounding directly influences oxidative stress. And oxidative stress is basically an imbalance between these reactive species in your body, these free radicals and antioxidants. And so when this imbalance occurs, it creates a lot of problems in the body that can lead to a lot of diseases. And so when you step barefoot on the earth, you've got all these free electrons coming into your body. And what, anti what these electrons do is they act as antioxidants. Because what an antioxidant does, it donates an electron to these free radicals, these reactive species, and it neutralizes them. So it kind of it halts this process in its tracks. And I'm not saying oxidative stress and free radicals are bad. They're, they're a normal part of the immune system. They're a normal part of energy production. So literally in the electron transport chain, in oxidative phosphorylation, these, these uh, free radicals get leaked out when, so when uh, molecular oxygen is reduced um, by the premature reduction of an electron in the electron transport chain, it creates these superoxide anions. And so about two to 4% of the air you breathe is literally gonna get converted to free radical superoxide anion. Wow. Um, so it's a natural, it's a natural part of, of energy production. It's a natural part of the immune response. So when your when your immune cells like neutrophils and macrophages come into contact with all these pathogens and, and different and non-self things mm -hmm. uh, through the mechanism of, of uh, NADPH oxidase, they will create these superoxide anions, these hydrogen peroxidases that will neutralize these pathogens. And so um, these antioxidants are limited, though. They, they don't work differently than uh, free electrons from the earth. And I make this distinction in the book. There's a difference between chemical antioxidants and conducted antioxidants. Mm -hmm. And what that really comes down to is the bound electron and the non-bound electron. Mm. Non-bound electrons, they're a lot more accessible to areas of inflammation in your body. Uh, bound electrons, which are found in endogenous uh, antioxidants that your body makes, superoxide dismutase, catalase, um, and dietary antioxidants, vitamin C, vitamin E, carotenoids, polyphenols. Um, but there's a lot more barriers to entry for these antioxidants. You know, they gotta they gotta get digested through your digestive system without yeah. getting destroyed by digestive enzymes. They gotta get into the bloodstream. They gotta diffuse through the extracellular matrix. There's much more barriers, whereas the electrons from the earth, they can utilize, they can take advantage of the semiconductive infrastructure of your body to get to these areas of inflammation that these other antioxidants can't. And that's a yeah. big part of the book too, the semiconductive properties of the body. So um, I think I think a good way to do this is, you know, any questions that you might have yeah. about, about how this process is, let's, let's do it that way, kind of freestyle it. Let's, For let's sure. Do, yeah. The, uh, well, and the thing that, because you, when you bring up the, the water aspect, and this was when you made this series of posts a couple of weeks back highlighting this section of the book, it was, I was fascinated by all this bringing the water piece into this. And I, I'm thinking, you know, I've, and, and maybe you can actually give me some insight into this because I don't know if this is one of these things that I had seen that it's like just some dude talking or like there's actually you know, it's some, always some dude talking. It's always just some dude talking <laughs> <laughs> or if there's actually some juice behind it, you know, yeah. uh, 
but when we're talking about like the, the way that we have access to things now, right? We, like you said, we have insulative, insulating products essentially around us all the time, especially like if you live in an urban environment, right? I remember, you know, I, I had a guy on the podcast about a year or so ago who was dealing with a lot of chronic health issues and he was living in like the middle of a major city and he had this realization one day. He's like, dude, I, I had this like epiphany moment where I realized I haven't stepped foot on free earth in like two years. Like he's like, I'm in my shoes. I'm in my, in my apartment. I walk on the sidewalk to my office and that's all I do. Right. And he's like, and it was depressive. It was, I was having all these chronic health issues. And he's like, I literally the first, if I didn't change anything else other than just like, I'm going to start, I'm moving out of here and I'm moving to where there's trees and there's air and there's ground. Right. And he's like, and that alone did unbelievable amounts of things. But to bring it back to water, there's this, this thing that I had heard where the way that we get water now, right. All through pipes and it's all like these hard right angles and it's all this, you know, there's materials on the, especially if it's like tap water and there's all these other, there's all this other junk that's in it. And the thing that he had said was, was really fascinating for me to hear. Cause I'm like, that actually makes kind of sense. The hard angles of pipes, like actually does something to disrupt the natural flowing motion of what water does. Because when you think about what, like there's no like hard loop and like it does like a full hard angle, right angle thing out in nature. And what that actually does, and, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but it made sense to me. And I like those things where it's like, I don't know if that makes sense, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's this stuff where it's like all this, all these other things that are going on below the surface, all these pipes, all these right angles, it's changing the chemical, like the chemical makeup, maybe not chemical, but these types of things we have actually a lot of control over. And I think that's where I'm going with this question. It's like, we have a lot more control over a lot of this stuff than we tend to believe. It's like, well, I, what am I supposed to not wear any clothes and just like live on the grass? And there's other things. All day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But the, the thing that I want to get it to is bringing in this chronic disease thing. One of the things I love is you have these sections of of videos. It's like grounding and diabetes grounding and, Mm -hmm. HRV, right? And how do we go about implementing this if we have something that is afflicting us? Like we have chronic disease, but it's like if I have diabetes, how do I, like what benefit is that serving me? How do I know that it's doing something for me here? If I have heart disease, what are the things I need to be doing? Is it literally just as simple as going outside and standing there, right? Or is it some combination of things and why is that actually so important? So uh, I think... it's it's really you know popular in our space to kind of to want to lean more towards the the natural alternative uh, healing methods of things, but um, you know I think we need to find a good medium between what's considered alternative medicine yeah. and primary medicine because you know it's it's very popular in our space to kind of just you know kind of throw the conventional pharmacology to the side but that yeah. that that has its uses that has uh that it's important you don't you don't throw away your doctor or anything that's that's super important but right. um yeah i think we need to find a happy medium in between um honestly i would consider a lot of the stuff in alternative medicine to be eastern medicine we need to find right. like a good medium in in between the two but um yeah it's you know it it's it seems like if somebody were to hear me say this, it'd probably seem like blasphemy, but sometimes it really is that simple. 
Yeah. It's as simple as going outside and being barefoot. And I can give you, I can give you the numbers. I can give you the exact, you know, mechanisms of why this stuff is happening. But really, yes, it is. It is that simple of reconnecting to the earth. And it's, it's, it's been shown to be this universal regulating factor in all these different systems in our body. Um, but yes, I, I do think it, it, it really, it is that simple. And I don't, not, not saying grounding is the one all cure all sure. be all thing, but the fact that it's not, um, a tool in our toolbox of healing, yeah, that's blasphemy. That's, yeah. that's, that's not, uh, that's not good, and that's that's going to lead to a problem, a lot of problems down the road. Considering how electrically, how electrical our bodies are, you know, yeah. to neglect that aspect of it in favor of just the biochemical side of things, that's that's it's not good. <laughs> well, and that's what I think is really important about even just the terminology that you use. Like the reason that you use the word grounded rather than because in the health space, a lot of people say like earthing or something right like that word and and they and it's it sounds a little like you know as all of this sounds kind of out there and esoteric as we like to say right but the term grounding like you're literally talking about electricity and yeah. to to make that make sense for somebody we can give the example of like an outlet right or or a car battery or like all of these things where the grounded section of this serves a purpose in the balancing of the current. And so I, that's why I think even just the words that we use can, can make such a big difference. And, and that's why I think like when I read your stuff, I'm like, okay, I'm always in my head thinking, I'm thinking electrically now, right? Every time I see grounding, that's where my head goes. And I think that's kind of the point for a lot of this, as you say, like our body is at a super electrical system. So from that, can you give some insight into like how much, so that is because I think we always just hear like, oh, it's just tissue and and blood and water, right? We don't tend to think of our body as being just filled with literal electricity and electrical current. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely do that. Um, but I, I did want to touch on one thing you said earlier. Yeah, uh, I did. I did make it a, a, a mission, a goal of mine to not really say earthing a yeah. lot. And I, even in the book I wrote, I maybe mention it once or twice just mm -hmm. because like it a lot of people say it as earthing but sure. uh it's just it's got that kind of hippie kind of tone <laughs> to it and i'm just yeah. i i'd rather use the the term grounding because grounding is an elect as a universally accepted term especially in the electrical industry um but uh yeah your your body you know i, I won't go into like uh, electrolytes or ions or anything like that but um your body is essentially this huge electrical storage system. So let's let's look at it this way. So you look at someone's body. What's what's their body made of? You you you'd probably say cells, right? Yeah. Body's made of cells. It's kind of the basic unit of life. But you know the body isn't just made of cells. It's mostly made of that space in between cells, mm. and that that's uh, so. There's this term I use in the book. It's called it's called the matrix, and what the matrix refers to is all the connective tissues in your body: the fascia, the tendons, mm. the ligaments, the bones, even blood. Blood is considered connective tissue. Yeah. Um, this and the extracellular matrix outside of the cells, and on top of that, the cytoskeletons of all your cells into the nuclear matrices. So what this matrix 
matrix is in the book is it's essentially this unbroken path of proteins that reach into the nucleus of every single cell in your body. It's literally the most pervasive system in the body and it's not considered its own system, mm. at least in Western medicine. Yeah. So there, there are a lot of different cultures that'll call it different things. Um, in Eastern, Eastern culture, they'll call it like the meridian, the meridian system. Okay. And there is, there is some basis for the meridian system. Um, and it's been found that these, uh, these meridian points are actually these low impedance, uh, electrical pathways throughout the body. Um, energy can trans transfer itself through it pretty, pretty easily. Um, so, but particularly the extracellular matrix of the matrix in your body, at least as I'm, as I'm referring to it. Mm -hmm. So what this matrix is made of is made up of a lot of a uh, ground substance. And that's actually an interesting name for it, <laughs> considering yeah. the, the topic we're on. This ground substance is made up of uh, these glycoprotein conjugates. And what that uh, is further sub subclassified into is these proteoglycans and these glycosaminoglycans. So these glycosaminoglycans, they're like a bristles. They're like bristles on this brush. So this okay. proteoglycan is the brush. These glycosaminoglycans are these uh, bristles. Yeah. And they're, they're highly sulfated, so they attract a lot of water. And it also makes them negatively charged. So you've got this ground substance all throughout your body that's holding on to this water and they're extremely negatively charged. And so in a lot of the literature, they'll, they'll, they'll talk of this in terms of like a whole body redox system, mm -hmm. this ground regulation system. Uh, your body literally has its own ground regulation system that gets charged when you're electrically connected to the earth. And so these, this electrical energy can be utilized in a plethora of different ways. It can be used to power oxidative phosphorylation where there's a really important gradient of protons and electrons to, to generate ATP. Um, it can be used to reduce free radicals, which are implicated in pretty much all chronic disease, neurodegenerative, cardiovascular, uh, any cancer, everything, all chronic disease. And it's... Um, it's, it's charged through being in direct contact with the earth. And uh, an important aspect of that, and that's why I wrote the third part of the book, is water. Yeah. So when, so, you know, the most, uh, the most common macromolecule in the body is protein. Proteins can act as semiconductors, especially when water comes into contact with it. So when water comes into contact with these proteins, which are hydrophilic surfaces, mm -hmm. it'll create this lattice structure next to it. And this lattice structure is what you'll find in semiconductors, okay. silicon. So yeah. what that means is that energy can transfer itself through it very, very easily. And it can transfer itself through it much faster than any other system in your body. Let's say the nervous system. Um, you know, I've got a nice, I got a nice graphic. I'm not sure if I posted, I think I put it on Twitter about the, um, estimated time that it would take like certain chemical processes to, uh, transfer through, throughout the body. And like, mm -hmm. it was something crazy. I think protein, uh, something with, uh, like, uh, some, some process involved with proteins. I forgot what it was, but it was like two years. It's like one point for it to travel. Yeah, for like a protein to travel like one meter or something like, like that. It was like two years. Holy but uh, when, when you're talking about, you know, electrons and protons and photons, mm -hmm. you're talking like nanoseconds. 
very, very small amount of time. And uh, this came up a long time ago by a guy named Albert Sazent Georgi, who uh, was, uh, he got the Nobel Prize for synthesizing vitamin C. Um, but he, he recognized this a long time ago. He said that the body needs much, much faster mechanisms for energy and information transfer because the nervous system doesn't, it doesn't transfer things quick enough. And it's quick, mm -hmm. but it's not as quick as we need it to explain these, these really high levels of performance in, in artistic performances and athletic performances. There needs to be a faster mechanism of information and energy transfer throughout the body. And that's where the body's matrix comes in and we can talk for hours and hours and yeah. hours about you know the different intricacies of the matrix but that that's essentially what the matrix is and how it gets charged so so with because you said a couple of things so i'm gonna i'm gonna pull some stuff out of here and i want to go down a couple of different avenues because when, when you start talking about proteins you know obviously when you even just when you say that word the first thing that comes to my head is the the nutritional aspect of this so i'm wondering and and if we go down that lane for a couple of minutes how much does the nutritional aspect of our lives play into the electrical current of what's happening in our body like does that have an effect on where we are charge wise based on what it is that we're consuming i wouldn't say uh the proteins that you're consuming from a dietary standpoint are directly contributing sure. to that um you're you're breaking that those proteins down into amino acids that your body can utilize and those can be utilized for a plethora of different things for yeah. you know uh structure uh transport enzymes are the most are proteins are the most versatile macromolecule in the body they can be used to do so many different things so yeah. indirectly you know when they're when they're contributing to the formation of, of these different structures in the matrix uh, the fascia, the bones, the tendons, mm -hmm. the ligaments, the cytoskeletons, these are all made of proteins. And so your body breaks down those amino acids to help contribute to these, these structures. And uh, ultimately, that's what they do. Um, mm -hmm. That's what they can do. And so when these, uh, these structures, they, when they come in contact with water, that's, that's what makes them um, so, so high yield as far as, as, mm -hmm. far as uh, energy transfer throughout the body. Um, but yeah, from I, I would say I would say indirectly for for sure. that. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then the to to go into this <laughs> for a great pun slash analogy to enter the matrix here for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so because uh, you you bring up what you consider that to be. And we're talking things like tendons, ligaments, fascia, right? And that's kind of where I wanted to go right away because that's one of these things. Fascia is such a massive, comprehensive thing that we really still don't quite understand what it is to like a full degree, like how important it actually is. And so like when you're, for people that don't even understand what fascia is, like if you think of like cutting a steak, right? It's kind of like that spider webby feeling material that is in between the tissue fibers and we have that literally going through every section of our body all over the place in quantities that are unbelievable and so there's this there's all these thoughts happening how important that is to tissue health to and and where i want to go with is that i'm, I'm assuming how important that is to the deliver delivery delivery of electrical current right in throughout your system and there's things like where fascia can be what holds like physical trauma in locations 
in your body. Like it, there's, there's this saying that like it has memory, like it, it has its own memory. It's wild. So like, let's go down the fascia rabbit hole for a minute yeah. here. Well, you know, that's, that's, I'm super happy you brought that up because that brings up another good point. But um, let's, uh, let's start a little bit kind of uh, going back here. So fascia is a, is a connective tissue. Connective tissue is comprised of fibers and different um, cells like fibroblast, um, collagen, uh, that ground substance that I talked about earlier, but uh, collagen is the most abundant protein in your body, and that's what makes up a lot of that fascia. And so, um, it, it so it is part of the matrix, and especially when it's when it's hydrated with this very special type of water, it does it does make this energy transfer um, a lot more convenient uh, as far as sending electrical currents, electrical energy um, around your body, but um, Going, going back. Oh, and before I want to get to that, I just, I just wanted mm-hmm. to add that uh, fascial training is actually like kind of all the. It's starting to be like all the rage right now. Yeah, for because, sure. Because uh, they, they, they say athleticism is, is really. It's all in the. It's all in the fascia and it's all in the connective tissue. It's not mm-hmm. actually. It's not as muscle driven as we think it is. So because the thing before was like, it's all, you know, what kind of muscle fiber type do you have? Like, are you fast twitch or what? You know, and there was the the few there, and it's mm-hmm. kind of beginning to move like in this direction that you're saying where it's like maybe that's not as important as we thought (laughs) yeah yeah. and uh i follow you know i follow a lot of really smart people people that are a lot smarter than me and that's what i love about social media is that i can follow all these really really smart people and they can teach me so many things but um you know a lot of these guys are saying that you know you ruin i don't i want to say you ruin but you definitely compromise the integrity of the fascial system when you're doing all of these kind of um, single plane movements in the weight room and, mm. and you're definitely you're you're altering the, the the integrity of that fascial system which is definitely going to have implications as far as athletic ability and performance so um, I'm not the right one to have that conversation with sure. but uh, I, I definitely can see where they're going with it and it makes it makes a lot of sense to me um, and that's you know part of the reason that I've, I've kind of veered away from the weight room a little bit as far as uh, you know my speed training, yeah. um, my mixed martial arts training. I, I spend maybe once or twice a week in, in the weight room these days. Um, but um, yeah, going on with 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 the initial the initial topic at hand. Um, so you said that fascia can store like trauma yeah. and stuff like that. So that's. This is this is kind of related, and I, this might kind of. Um, so, when your body encounters non-self, which is really important in your immune system, the immune system fights non-self. It distinguishes self versus non-self, okay. and it fights off non-self. Yep. Sometimes it can't always tell the difference. Sometimes non-self is yourself. A mm-hmm. uh, good example is that. Good example of that is uh, autoimmune. Conditions okay. when the body is fighting itself. Yep. Um, so when let's say you know the body encounters some kind of injury, um, some kind of damage, or some kind of pathogen, what's going to happen is that immune cells are going to migrate to that to that area. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is let's say macrophages and neutrophils they migrate to this area. They they um, they help they help clean out the area and they utilize this uh, enzyme called NADPH oxidase. And what that does is it ultimately creates a lot of superoxide anions, and these are free radicals. And again, this is going back to the good part of free ra- the free radical production is they help they help uh, they help the body's immune response. 
But what they can also do is they can create a lot of collateral damage. So particularly in the connective tissue, uh, the extracellular matrix, this collateral damage ends up being a walled off, a walled off area. Okay. And this walled off area is called in the book, I call it the inflammatory barricade uh, or the inflammatory barrier. Yep. And these little barriers, they can stick around for years and years and years and they can seep out into the bloodstream, into the lymphatic system. And so what was once this little acute, uh, like little acute piece of damage or pathogen mm -hmm. or something, it can turn into something systemic. It can contribute mm -hmm. to disease. And this was first recognized by um, dentists a long time ago. Uh, they they called it, uh, yeah, they called it teeth, focal. Yeah. yeah, they called it focal infection. And so they realized that, you know, pulling in extra, uh, a certain tooth could affect a certain part wherever else in the body. Wow. So yeah, biological dentists first recognized that. Um, and Weston Price has done a lot of research on that as well as far as root canal research. Mm -hmm. um, but um, yeah, these, these can create these walled off areas. And the, the, the important thing to know about these walled off areas is that they're relatively impermeable to circulating antioxidants and circulating anti-inflammatory molecules. And mm -hmm. so it's essentially just this ball that, that can stick around in your tissue. And so where electrons come into that is electrons can semiconduct through the semiconductive fabric, the matrix, mm -hmm. into these, these inflammatory zones, these inflammatory barricades. And so they can go where other antioxidants and other anti-inflammatory molecules can't go. And they can resolve that inflammation. They can resolve that inflammatory barrier. But um, I think that kind of ties into what you were saying about these yeah. areas of trauma. And so, for sure. uh, and you know, there are bodywork people that say they can feel, they can feel like these areas in your body that are just, they don't, they don't feel natural. There's like, uh, like little things they'll come across and they're like, this is an area of tension or this is an area of, of however they want to, they want to classify it. But, um, you know, another way to look at body work is going back to that ground substance that I told you about, told you about earlier. When you're when you're physically when you're rubbing the body and, and you're and you're stimulating you're physically stimulating these um, this this connective tissue this extracellular matrix, you're essentially kind of you're distributing this electrical charge throughout your body in that area, and I believe that's a big part of how body work works, like massage and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that area of, of trauma, I think that's that's heavily tied to what I just what I just discussed is the the inflammatory barricades, and there could be multiple inflammatory barricades going on in your body at once. And I think you know this is this is in large part what makes grounding conducted antioxidants so much more potent and the ultimate antioxidants compared to your endogenous or dietary antioxidants. And the fact that, like you said, one one specific area can you know, for lack of a better term, kind of bleed into a systemic problem. It, it, there's this, uh, there's this example from a coach, um, named Julian Pinot, who does a lot of like strongman based stuff. And he's, uh, I'll send you some of his stuff. Cause I've talked about him on here before and he's like, a, will get him on here one of these days, but it's going to have to be, I told you, I don't do like the three hour Rogan episodes. There's no way I can have Julian on and not do something like that. But he gave this example on a podcast. The first time I heard him like eight or nine years ago, talking about this concept of what's called the key log. And so he said in, uh, in the logging industry, when they're sending a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of felled trees down the river to their, their destination, right? At some point they're eventually one's going to get turned sideways and then they're all going to get piled up. 
and they're going to start blocking the river and they've got to find a way to how do we most efficiently get these things all down the river well there's a guy whose job it is to literally just go stand and walk around and like look at how all of them are put together and find the one log where when they remove it all the tension flows back down the river and they don't have to like take every single log off of the pile to get it going again. Like his whole job is is, is like some sort of engineer. He'd be like, yep, it's this one right here. Just pull that sucker out like a Jenga piece and the whole thing will start kicking back down the river. And so that makes that analogy to what we're talking about. It's like, there's probably one area that's holding a lot of this inflammatory response or a lot of this tension where it's Mm -hmm. like, if we can figure this spot out, that probably will solve a lot of other things happening downstream for, you know, like literally downstream from, from this section. Yeah. And I would take that even further. And I would say, if we can find this one universal regulating factor in nature, that, uh, that can solve a lot of our problems as far as disease goes. And I Mm -hmm. think grounding is one of those things. Yeah, I would, and from the way that, especially how we describe it in that example, like that's what, just hearing it, that's what like makes the most sense to me, knowing what I, in the very kindergarten level knowledge I of grounding that I have just from learning from you, like that makes the most sense. So when we're implementing these kind of things, you know, there's, yes, there's the touching of the earth, right? But like you said, I, the actual body work is a transfer of mm-hmm. current. And so there, now I'm thinking of all these other ways, like so yeah, many different ways. physical so many manipulation ways. that makes a ton of sense. And so when I'm thinking about like a masseuse, a lot of people have this idea, like, like the muscle fibers somehow get looped into like some weird, like literal knot, right? Like they get kind of turned around and like whatever. And like, that's not exactly what's happening, but that tension is an inflammatory response. So all of this stuff, like putting pressure into it probably does something yeah, right. Sure. But sure. the transfer of that current probably does a lot more as well, just from hands going into that area and like sending direct, direct current there. Absolutely. There's a lot of different ways to do it. We probably don't have time to, you know, go into all those ways, but yeah, I, I definitely believe that's how body work works. Yeah. And I, honestly, I had never even, thought about it that way until like this moment <laughs> so like i'm looking at masseuses a whole lot differently now like in just body work well, practices in general i don't think they know the exact mechanism that's right. behind what they're doing um but uh hopefully down the road they'll be able to tell their clients hey this is what's going on at, like yeah. a, a molecular level at an atomic level this is what's happening so yeah that's a, really, we'll that that's a really cool way to look at it okay so i want to kind of veer in a different direction for a minute because uh, I mentioned before that what you've done in the social media space for the last couple of years has been like my favorite, <laughs> like a to B transition of an, of a, of a brand I have in recent memory. And I, and because I want to go down this road with you because I know that there's a lot of guys that listen to this that are also in the, entrepreneurial mindset where they're wanting to maybe it's just a side business right now right maybe it's something that they're trying to build and i think there's a lot to learn and a lot that you can provide insight wise in growing something in the value of not caring at all what you're like how you like you care how you're portrayed but you're not doing it for somebody else 
to please somebody else's message. I mean, like, because I know that there would be people that would come, like, if uh, if Nike wants to try and come buy your sandal company to, like, start making your sandals, they'll peruse through your social media and be like, no, probably not, never mind. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, uh, and I think that's the, it, it also, and I it love also, it by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It also uh, it also sets me back a little bit too, and you know I, in a, in a way it does because like it limits some of my opportunities. Like I'm never gonna be on Rogan just because I talk so much shit about potheads. Like I'm never gonna be on his podcast. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I mean you can also kind of learn from me too. Like I make a lot of mistakes. I feel like from from uh, a business standpoint, but it's just like I like having fun. I like having fun with my business. If I was just like strictly all the time, you know, um, just strict information and, and that's it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as fun to me. And yeah. that, that's the nice thing. And I made a video about this the other day. That's the nice thing about the grounded athletes. I can just I can be myself. I can be genuine. Um, but um, I wouldn't consider myself like an entrepreneurial expert by any means. But uh, sure. what what I would say is that you know just stay stay consistent stay consistent with what you're doing that's the biggest thing mm -hmm. like with with people that start something you know and even if it's like a whole year later and they're still not seeing anything that's okay like just stick with it um and yeah. be genuine because people people notice that they can they can sense that when you're when you're being real and that's what people love um and a lot of people they take on yeah. these personalities that you know yeah. try and sell you something and that's that's where you lose. That's where you lose a lot of people. But um, also, if uh, you know, just a little tip, tip or trick. Find find something that you love. Become an expert at it, because in this day and age, that's what people are, are looking for. They they want to talk to those people that are really, you know, really. Um, they have a lot of wisdom to share about this particular topic. Um, they mm -hmm. the, the generalist is kind of. They, it's they're kind of fading out a little bit as far as uh, you know the social media, the social media aspect of things. You know, people want to talk to the specialist and, and the experts on things. So, yeah. um, and you know that wasn't uh, my intention by any means to become like who I am with this topic, but it just kind of happened because I was obsessed with it and I loved it. So uh, and now you know thankfully yeah. a lot of people come to me yeah. for this this information. So, um, but just stick with it. Find something you really really love. <laughs> 